The first reading is taken from Psalm 24, or is from Psalm 24, and can be found on page 555 of your Bibles. Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. Who may ascend the mountains of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god. They will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God their Saviour. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is he, this King of glory? The Lord Almighty, he is the King of glory. The second reading is taken from the book of Revelation, chapter 7, verses 9 to 17. And this can be found on page 1238. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing round the throne and round the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen, praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honour and power and strength be to our God for ever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders asked me, These in white robes, who are they and where did they come from? I answered, Sir, you know. And he said, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on on the throne will shelter them with his presence. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to the springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is the word of the Lord. My my talk tonight starts on a beach. Um, It's a lot of years ago. We'd had a lovely day on a beach. It was smashing. Uh, we came back to our hotel, and um, I put the telly on. I often do that when we're on holiday and just catch up with the news and see how it is, you know, what's going on in the world. And uh, initially, I thought, wow, how did they do those special effects? How did they manage to achieve that? Uh, and then I looked a bit closer at the screen, and it had the three letters C and N on it. 
I thought, that's a news channel. And what I've just witnessed, having had a lovely day on a beach in Malta, was the destruction of the Twin Towers. I shall never forget that evening. And Heather had to drag me away from the telly in the end because my eyes were just fixed. I couldn't believe what I was watching. Now, some of you weren't even alive then, but many of you were, and you can remember where you were when it happened. Those momentous days. Two days later, we were home, and our church was open to all manner of people coming in saying, saying, what's going on here? What's this about? Explain. Come on, give me an explanation, Mr. Christian. You know, tell me what this is about. I don't get it. Why people can do that, get away with that. And uh, I think from that day forward, pretty well, there has been a kind of insecurity, if you like, in people's lives. What is secure? What is possible? What is, what is okay? What, what's something we can trust? And, and a lot of people, I think, have, have found, ever since that day, a, a kind of lack of willingness almost to trust anything. So God is the king, is he? Is he really? In a world where the kind of things that go on uh, that, that 9-11 typifies, and there have been many since, haven't there? And you look at them and you say, is God really in control of this? Is this really a king who is on a throne? What's going on here? What's the, what's the issue? Well, the psalmist's response is very clear. He states it absolutely clearly, categorically, and with repetition. The earth is the Lord's. There's no doubt in that is, great emphatic power in that word. The, the earth is the Lord's. There's no arguing about it. There's no discussion about it. It is. Why? Because he made it. There's no question about that. And everything in it, the psalmist says, the world and all who live in it. There's not some who live in it. It's all who live in it. There's not a single human being on this planet of whom God is not their Lord. They may not acknowledge it. They may not believe it. But that doesn't alter the fact that biblically that's true. The earth is the Lord's. Everything in it, the world, the lot. Why? Because he founded it upon the seas. Now, traditionally in Jewish culture, the sea, the waters are chaos. And God said, right, I'm coming in and I'm going to make a world that's got an order about it, a structure, a pattern. There's a degree of predictability about it as well as a lovely degree of uncertainty, isn't there? Look at the English weather if you don't believe me. But on the day that we were beginning to celebrate, I found this strangely ironic, uh, that when we were glorying quite rightly in a great technical achievement of man of getting to the moon, God had a lunar eclipse to show us. As if to say, okay, well, you got there once, twice, three times, however many it was, but I made a world in which you could predict exactly when that lunar eclipse was going to happen, and you know when the next one is, and the next one, and the next one. Why? Because God made the world and everything in it. By his word, he spoke, and it was, and it was good. The earth, my friends, is the Lord's and everything in it. And when Ebola, abates, Ebola outbreaks sorry, come along and we look at them as, as Charlotte prayed for us tonight, oh, we look at that and we think, oh boy, what's going on here? 
and we see some of the stuff that's going on, you know, when you can just pirate a tanker off the high seas. Or you can show a video of a man being beheaded. And you look at this stuff and you think, what on earth is going on in our world today? What, what's, what's happening here? So on the chaos of the waters, God founded his world. And he made it. And it was good. And this, the beginning of this psalm is very much connected to the Genesis account of creation. Uh, and all those things that we get there, uh, the psalmist is also almost giving a sort of summary of it. He's saying, this is what God did when he spoke and it was good. Uh, and nothing's changed. If you're a biblical Christian here tonight, you still, I hope, believe that God is the creator God. And it's not just in Genesis that you find it, but you find it right the way through the scriptures. You find psalmists going back to the God of creation, the God who made, the God who did, the God who sustains, the God who loves, the God who has a beginning and an end. And there will be an end, and we'll come to that right at the end tonight. Um, th there's not a God who sort of said, Hey, let's wind up this creation, get it started, hey, let it get on with itself, see how it does. No! A God who is very much part of his creation. A God who says, I am with you, and you are my people. The earth, we read in Isaiah, trembles at his presence. The world and all who live in it, again an echo of this idea now, he could have created robots, couldn't he? He could have created us people that just sort of go around saying, yes, God, yes, God, yes, God. But he didn't. He created people like you and me with freedom to think and to act and to respond to the love that God lavishes on us with our love for him and our obedience to him and our willingness to serve him as servants because he made everything in it. And, and because this, this world exists, friends, we must, we must learn to live to, uh, above this dimension of the everyday. It, it's so easy to stay in, in the everyday and say, oh, isn't it awful? Oh, what will we do if Boris becomes prime minister? I make no judgment on that. I'll leave you to do that. Uh, you know, whatever happens here, whatever, what about Trump over the, like, oh, what's he saying? This, and we can get so embroiled in this stuff. We can get so wrapped up in immediate reaction to one newscast that we forget that God is on the throne. Trump won't be here forever. Some people think that's a good thing. Some people don't. Wherever your point of view, doesn't matter. He will go. Boris will go. Everybody who comes onto the world stage to do good or evil will go. But the Lord remains the king and will do until time comes when he says, I'm coming, I'm returning, I'm going to wind this up. I'm going to bring all those who love me to myself and they will dwell with me forever in the house that I prepared for them. And so what the psalmist is trying to do in a, in a wonderful way is he's, he's kind of saying that the creator idea leads us to something much, much bigger. It, it leads us to the idea of the ever-present, all-knowing God, the God who is around, the God who's here, the God who loves, the God who is present with us. When you go to work tomorrow, wherever you go, or whether you're at home tomorrow, there's, there's never a moment where God isn't. Do you get it? You can't pigeonhole God into 
saying, well, well, I love it in the worship service. I love it when I get excited in worship. That's fine. That's okay. I, I love it here. I love it there. I love my Christian friends. I love this. But I've got to go to work tomorrow, don't you know? Friends, that is as much worship and service as anything you do in this building. Because this is, and I know why you're grinning, because you're not going to work tomorrow, aren't you? Yes, that's right. All you teachers are grinning like Cheshire cats here, which is great. You're going to work tomorrow, Emma. Two days. Sorry about that. Two weeks. Two days. You'll be all right. Don't worry about it. Anyway, let's, let's return to the psalm, shall we, and see where we go with this. Because there's a lovely pattern in this little area of the psalms. You, you can break psalms up in lots and lots of different ways. You can put them together in different ways. But look at 22, 23, 24. Look what you got. Psalm 22, very famous psalm. It starts with very famous words. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So Psalm 22 is very much about the suffering servant. It's about the Jesus who went to the cross. It looks forward to that. It's a suffering servant Messiah. Psalm 23 is all about the good shepherd. You know it well. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Psalm 24, all about the sovereign Lord who rules over the earth, the king. So what have we got here in this little section of Psalms, 22, 23, 24? And the Psalms are often grouped like this. They work together beautifully. We have the servant Messiah who suffered, the shepherd who cares for his sheep, and the Lord of the universe. There is a picture of three of the major characteristics of God. What's the response? Should we try with a simple three-letter word? Wow. Wow. The God who sent a suffering servant to the cross to take away my sin, and my sin has no other way of being atoned for. There aren't any other tricks in this. That's the simple way that he chose, and that's the only way that we can know full forgiveness of sins. Our wash, the washed in the blood of the Lamb in that last song that Matt led us through. He did that for us. And not only is he that, but he's, he's our shepherd, the one who's, who goes before. The, the, the eastern shepherd would always lead his sheep. He wouldn't go up the back and say, go on, sheep. He'd always be in the front of them. He'd lead them on. And finally, the God who is king. It has to be worship. We have to go up to the hill, which is why this psalm talks immediately in verse 3 about ascending a mountain. Jerusalem's about the height of Snowdon, 3,000 feet above sea level. So wherever you came up from the sea or the Dead Sea, you, you always went up to it. You went up to Jerusalem, and as you went, you would have that song in your heart that you're going there to meet with God on his holy hill, that which was promised to Abraham all those hundreds of years before. And most people would enter uh, the, the, the Jerusalem sort of shrine, as it were, with uh, having been through a mikvah. Now, you may not know what a mikvah is. It's a ritual cleansing bath, and if you go to Jerusalem today on the south side, uh, on just outside the Hulda Gate on the south side, there are these baths. Now, they weren't there to make you clean in the sense that a shower or a bath is. They were ritual cleansing baths. And as you went in to worship, you would symbolically go in, as it were, to wash away your sin in one of these mikvah. Now, we have Jesus who died for us. And that cleanses us from sin. But these people had a ritual way of dealing with that. And they bathed, and so they went in with 
clean hands. You get it? That's the reason for the imagery that's in verse 3. Verse 4, the one who has clean hands and a pure heart. So it's not just good enough to have had a bath in a mikvah. There had to be a pure heart. And that teaches us that those who can come and worship with a heart that's free are ones who've been forgiven. The ones whose sins have been dealt with. Who does not trust an idol or swear by a false god. There are plenty of false gods around, aren't there, these days? The gods of materialism. The gods of self-centeredness. The gods of I did it my way. All that kind of stuff. God says, I don't want that. I want you to wash literally in the blood of the Lamb. Know that your sin of self-centeredness and I can do it my way can be washed away. And it's those people who can go into the sanctuary to worship before the throne. And they will receive blessing from the Lord, it says in verse 5, and vindication from God, their Savior. Their sins will be dealt with. Who does not trust an idol? And such is the generation of those who what? Seek him. That's a positive word. It's not just lay back and let God. It's those who seek. That's what you want. Now, let's put that together with what we did earlier. And we get a picture of something which I think is is profound. And that is what God wants from us, his children, is for us not only to be good people, which is, which is okay. But he wants us to know forgiveness. He wants us to know that relationship being restored with the God who made us. Back to creation again, you see. He actually wants us to say, I want to be in union with Christ. How do I do that? I must seek him. I must want that. And I must cleanse in some way by asking God for his forgiveness and then I can be drawn into and then I might start seeing things differently. I might start seeing, yes, that the earth is the Lord's and my whole perspective on life and the world will change. Took me time to get over 9-11, shot me rigid because I've been up the things. I know where they are, I'd, I'd been up them, I'd seen them and, you know, been to New York when they were standing. But it was reading Psalms like this one, I went to the Psalms deliberately, and I wanted to know what God was like. Because I knew that if I, if I kind of wallowed around in, in, in the sin of man and the evil of man, that I, I wouldn't get very far. But when I looked up, I saw that. So we have clean hands, free from guilt. Confessed sin has been dealt with. And we understand something of what that's like. We have a pure heart. Yes, we'll sin again. But we know how to achieve that wonderful forgiveness. Jesus said, didn't he? Blessed are the pure in heart. And that's what he wants for us. Now, we must be clear today that what we do here is is lovely, but it must influence, it must affect our worldview, what we think of the world, how we approach the world, how we deal with the world. We, we cannot separate the, the worship service, the church life, the home group from, from how we deal with society and culture. 
and values that we hold. That's a very false dichotomy. It's not something you guys as students have constantly been hammered with this stuff. You know, you need to know that. You need to know you've got to have a worldview, a worldview that's sustained entirely by the God of the Bible. And you've got to work at it. And as these people went up, now, here's the climax of what I want to do tonight. This psalm possibly was used, possibly, most people think probably, as the ark. Now, the ark was the thing that started life in the desert wanderings, God's law inside it, the tablets and all that stuff. And it had had a very interesting checkered career, the ark. It had been everywhere. Philistines nicked it once, and uh, it came back on a donkey's cart, which was quite fascinating. Sorry, not donkey. It was a, it was a cow. I beg your pardon. And, and this thing had been everywhere. And, and one day, 2 Samuel 6, this thing uh, ended up back in Jerusalem. Now, you've got to understand the significance of this. This is really big because this was a symbol, as it were, that from the, the point when Moses brought the people out of the land of Egypt, uh, all this wandering had suddenly been culminated here, that here was God on his hill, on his, in his temple, in a place where he was to be worshipped, which God had ordained, and finally it's happened. Why do you think David went balmy? Did you know that? I did think that as my name was David, I might sort of illustrate this. Dave, you're a much better dancer than me, mate. You ought to do it. Um, so I, I think what we might do is get all the David. No, we won't get all the Davids out the front. But, 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 but David was dancing. No, I will do no more than that because it would be embarrassing. Okay. Um, but David danced. Why? Because suddenly it's happened. We're, we're in the place where we should be. God's people can gather around this place and, and let's dance. Let's, let's be full of joy. The ark is where it belongs. God is in the midst of his people. Yes. Well, I got excited when I thought about it, but don't worry about it. And, and if you see what this is like, um, are you with me at the back there? You are. Let's put the psalm up. Psalm 24, verse 7, because we're going to join in this. Verse 7. Now, this is... Probably, as the ark went up to Jerusalem, this is probably what they all said. They had a cantor, which is going to be me, and you lot are the, the sort of all the people of Israel who are getting excited. Now, I say the first line, all right? Lift up your heads, you gates, and then you say, be lifted up your ancient doors that the King of Glory may come in. So I say the first bit, you say the rest of it, okay? And this is exactly, you can imagine yourself, there's Jerusalem up there, can you see it? You know, there's the gate. And we're going up to Jerusalem, we're going to go through the gate, and we're going to worship God in his, in his sanctuary. Is that good? Are you still there? Do you know, we, we can't tickle this. This is not a sort of churchy thing. This is going to be lively. So you've got to stand up, if you can. Go on, stand up. Let's have it. Up you get. And we'll, we'll do this together, okay? Now, stay awake, and we'll, we'll see how this goes. Do you get what you I mean? There's four verses. I do the first line, you do the other lines. Everybody happy. Here we go. Lift up your heads, you gates. Lift up Who is the King of Glory? Lift up your heads, you gates. Who is he, the King of Glory? 
Amen. You may be seated. Well done. Good stuff. Now, do you get this? Do you get what the people were saying here? This, this is just probably, you can imagine God's people coming all the way up the hill into Jerusalem. And they were shouting. It's one of two interesting phrases. You gates. Security. It's going to be a place of security. It's wonderful. Be lifted up, you ancient doors. God has always been there. There's so much symbolism. I wish I had to, I need another half an hour of this to get all the symbolism out of these last verse. And then there's, who is this king of glory? Now, I'm going to name drop here. I did this this morning, so I'm going to do it again. Uh, when I was at Wimbledon for the last two weeks, someone has to suffer this, you know. Someone has to get through it. Um, I walked past John McEnroe. Uh, George. Behave. Goodness sake. Yeah, John McEnroe. I've heard of John. Judith's heard of John McEnroe, haven't you? Thanks, Judith. Yeah, well done. Yeah, I'll tell you later, mate. Um, now, I could have said as I walked past John McEnroe, who's this? Who's this? But what I did say was, wow, who is this? And when you meet someone famous, you wouldn't say that to the Queen. You wouldn't say, who's this? You'd say, who is this? Wow. And that's what's in the psalm. As people walked up to be with God and to worship the king. Who is this? It's the king of glory. And we have come to worship him in spirit and in truth. And so the psalm goes on. Lift up these ancient doors. Let God in. When he comes with the ark and celebrating, who is this king of glory? The Lord Almighty. He is the king. My friends, God is the king. And one day, one day, we won't be gathered in Jerusalem. Oh, no. Well, you might be, but not everybody will be. Because he's the king, we shall be gathered around his throne. And that's what Revelation 7 is about. It's all the people of God's tribes. Did you notice the first bit of that chapter? God's people will gather and we will stand around the throne and there will be worship and we will honor the lamb who was slain and we will honor the shepherd who cares for us and we will honor the God who is king. And that's the perspective we live in. I had a dear friend in Bristol. This is a bit corny, and I, I hesitate to quote it in a way, but I had a dear friend in Bristol, and uh, he, le he led churches in Bristol. His name was Robert Scott Cook. Lovely, delightful man. Every morning, Robert went to the window before he did anything else. And he opened the window up, and he used to utter the words, Lord, is it today? Is it today? You see, we are supposed to live, as another famous Christian said, in the light of his coming. In the light of his coming. Is it today? It could be. This could be the last time you come to church. But we're, we're meant to live that way. Looking forward to the day. And because we live with that perspective, yes, of course, still 9-11 and events like it are, are shocking and stunning. 
Of course, Ebola outbreaks are diabolical and Christians should do everything they can to alleviate that suffering. Yes, of course. But we live with this perspective which is above all that, which says one day with Christ, which is far better. And we live that way. When you're doing your job tomorrow, when you're with your family, with your loved ones, we live in the light of his coming. I'm one day going to be with Jesus. I'm going to be in his presence. I'm going to worship around his throne. Will you be there? I pray you will be. Let's pray, shall we? Let's pray. Father, truly we believe that you are the king. We need not fear. The one who suffered, the one who cared for us, the one who is Lord will be there. Whatever disasters on the world stage or whatever tragedies come into our lives, whatever may happen, the fact that God is king will never, ever change. And that God loves us. He has plans and purposes to prosper us, not to harm us. He has ways of putting us into places that, yet yeah, may cause us suffering, may cause us pain. God never promised us a pain-free life. But whatever we go through, we know that God is on the throne and God will be with us and God will sustain us and God loves us. And God will always be there for us. So sustain us, please, with that promise in this world which is full of evil. May we know the God of truth and the God of love who will sustain us through it all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.